The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Yeah, this is James Loving, Loving That Sports Talk, and co-host with me, Eric Glove. You there, Glove? I'm here, Love. How you doing today, man? And hosting with us, Glove from California. P, are you there, P, Paula? He is here. <laughs> well, P, I got to start off with you because you know Glove has this thing that you know when when your team the Heat more, I wouldn't take his call, but that's not the case. But you know what? Go ahead, and start off, P. I I just want to say to all the Heat fans that never doubted, you know, pump to them, pump out to them, shout out to them. We knew, like I said, even though it might have gone seven games, we still believe that Miami was going to win, and they did. So I'm just pumped right now for all our Heat fans and for all the Braun haters that need to wake up and realize he is right now the best player um, in the world. So, no, you know, it's not time for comparing him from Michael or Kobe or nothing. Just right now, those who are playing, Bron's the best player. So, I'm just pumped for my Heat fans. And, James, I think you owe me dinner when you come to the Bay Area. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> hey, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I'm 100% on what you just said, P. Or, excuse me, Paula. You know what? I'm going to call you Paula because the Heat will say but I, I ain't calling you Chief, but I'm going to call you Paula. I'm going to give you the respect that you should get because of, you know, how you stood behind your team. And I'm not going to call him James. I'm going to call him Jay because <laughs> he's such a he, – he's a turncoat. You know, every time every time the Heat loses, he say they whine. But when they win, he won't answer your phone call or do anything like that. So shout out to the Heat, to, to everybody that followed them. But, but more more than anything else, I just like the way LeBron the way LeBron played that game the other night. All right, since so you two got that out, we can talk sports now. You know that one. Okay. Sport, so, but um, you know, my question to you guys, I think we talked about the glove. I don't know if I talked to you about the P, but and you know, it's it's not that I don't like the Heat. Don't get me wrong, Paula Glove and Glove, we talk. It's the cockiness, and you know when they lose, they say they didn't get the foul like they deserve it. You know, it's that's what I'm, I'm getting at. That I don't like their the way they carry themselves. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like I think you said a glove, like they think they can come on the fourth quarter and just beat teams. That's what I don't like, P and glove. So who wants to start first? Go ahead, Paul. Well, oh, okay. You know, I think um, it, it's funny because I don't view them as being cocky. 
in terms of the way I used to kind of always say Kobe always kind of had a cockiness himself. It was the way he looked and the expressions, and maybe because I'm a Heat fan, I'm not viewing it as cockiness, but I think because they know their capability, and when they are playing and it's clicking on all cylinders, they know how good they are. And I think they do have this problem of waiting until second half to come out stronger, waiting until fourth quarter to turn it on. And I think that's only because they know how well they should be playing and that they can do that. So I don't look at that as cockiness. I just look at that as they, they know how good they can play. And to me, it's almost like um, almost stupidity where you, you need to stop relying on that, that you can come out fourth quarter and turn it on. Like you need to, from the beginning, come out, set the tone, try and get a lead. Um, and run that through the game. So for me, I don't look at it as cockiness. I just think that they're confident and and their and their abilities. Go ahead, Bob. Well, you know, for for me and and James, we like you said, we talked about it. My, my thing is is different. I hear what you're saying, Pete, but I call it cockiness because of what you just said. It's like this in games three, five, and seven. We've seen the real Heat team, and we especially seen it the other night with what their capabilities are when they play defense. So when I talk about cockiness, I talk about, like you said, let, let's start early. Let's get into them early. Let's get this stuff over with. Let's not cruise, see what their game plan is, make adjustments, and then when it's time to clamp down, let's clamp down. Let's clamp early. You know, I, I want to get it over early. I got stuff I need to do. I ain't got time to be, you know, oh, my God, really, seven points, or oh, my God. You know, Bob can't hit a shot, or where's Ray Allen? I need it. I need it over, and I want him to be on that pedestal so certain people stop talking about other individuals. You know, that that's my point. Is mm-hmm. let's give LeBron his due, so we can stop talking about others every time. You know, the comparison come. Why are we comparing him to Jordan when we never compared Jordan to Bill Russell or nobody else? So exactly. That's my yeah. Point. Hey, Glenn, I got a question for you, and then you could join on Pete because we talked about it. And me and Pete talked about that, do we feel wrong with Dwayne Wade. And I kind of tell her that I think the Wade see that it's LeBron team now, and he used to be the, the star. And, like, you know what it's been. You know, you're not happy. I mean, it happened with Shaq, with Kobe, and, you know, all these players want to still be the star, but their age is, is starting to hurt them, you know, they get a lot of injuries. And I think that's wrong with um you know, I think the pride is coming in is all about LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Do you agree with that, Paula? And if you do, if you don't, go ahead, Gla. Well, you know, you know, I mean me, it's, 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 Go ahead, Paula. Oh, go ahead, Glove. You can go ahead. You can start. No, no, no. I was gonna say for me, I understand what you're saying, but but any any veteran player, Dwayne Wade still has skills, you know, bar none. He he still can get it done but he's battling injuries. Now, what consists of a teammate is knowing, you know, when when you're hot, that's that's the one thing I liked about Jordan or Magic or Birds, you know, players like that. If you if you're the hot guy, that's who you go to to win the game. Knowing you can bring your game at any time. So what what happens now in Miami is LeBron's the man. And Dwayne Wade should know it. And so let LeBron do what he needs to do to get everybody else involved, you know. he's gonna, You're going to still get your touches if you're Dwayne Wade. There's no need to get upset or no need to have any animosity. But as a, as a leader, which, you know, Dwayne's still the leader, but it's LeBron's team now. And that's the issue that James will have because I'm sure it's going to come back up 
later on down down this conversation, it's LeBron's team. He has to get those other guys together, which he finally got bossed a little bit, which Ray Allen hit a few shots up front. But in the first quarter, we've always said, those guys need to bring their game, Box, Ray Allen. Everybody else got to bring their game because LeBron can bring his at any time. But what happened in those games where they lost, wasn't nobody else helping, so LeBron had to bring his early, which hurt him toward the end of the game. Paula? Yeah, I mean, James, yeah, we were talking about that, too, on the phone, where it's like, what is going on with D-Wade? And I understand he has the knee problem, but the way we saw him play game seven, you know, my question to him is, why did it take the very last game of the series where you're almost, if you lose, this is it, for you to, like, I think he said the day before he spent really, like, thinking about it, meditating on stuff. Well, it's like, what was going on with you games two through six? Like, why did it take you game seven for you, I mean, you were hurt all the other, if you're still hurt, you were hurt all the other games. So, you know, so I think part of it is mental, and that's what he's kind of saying when he's responding to the the media and stuff. Like, oh, I had to really, like, go think. And it's kind of like, but, dude, you, you're, you're such a big part of this team. Like, it shouldn't have taken a game seven for us to see, like, the little sightings of old Dwayne Wade. Like, he should have been able to give some of that. If he had given half of that, what he gave us, the other games, they wouldn't have even gone to Game Seven because we were missing. We were just missing any little, any little light from Dwayne Wade in Games Two through Six. So, do, I mean, if, if it is a whole thing with him where he's mad at the Bronze team now, I mean, it was his buddy, him, boss. They agreed. They're all close friends. You know, they have the discussions that all season, and it was him who wanted them to come. So he needs to get over that. If that's, you know, if that is what's going on deep down the side of him, he's going to have to get over that. Because Paul. I guarantee you, they'd rather lose weight than lose You know, we gotta take a break, but I want to, you know, you and Glove, um, think about this question I'm asking. You guys don't understand it, like these other teams. Uh, oh, I did get one thing up on uh, from D. Because D. Uh, I think we have four minutes, but um, you guys, um, yes, that is D. Um, you guys don't understand that these guys, um, they're playing against people that's great. I mean, gloves. You see, remember when um, Jordan played? I mean, there were times the teams D Jordan up, he couldn't get a shot in the series or make what we thought he, you know, all the points he was. And I think that's going with Dwayne Wade. They're shutting him down, Paula. He's not getting what we're looking at, oh, 30 points a game, and, and LeBron is stepping forward. So I think we've seen more of that than just Dwayne gaming. It's like it's not Dwayne anymore. And people say, What's wrong with him, you know? you guys think so? Well, I mean, I think based on the way we saw him play game seven, like, yeah, you're right. Indiana Pacers were probably clamping down on him, and he wasn't able. But when he really wanted to, we saw a game seven. So my thing is it's not, it's not just a whole defense of shutting him down the whole series because when he really, really needed to and wanted to, we saw what way he could do. And so I don't buy that whole thing where they were just shutting him down because – it, some games he looked like he was just checked out, like even mentally the turnovers, just bad passes, no one's there, just turnovers. So I don't know what was going on with Wade, I, and I don't think it was just the defense of Indiana. What do you think, Love? Well, you know, I mean, part of what you're saying is true, uh, Paula, but here's for me, it's like this. you got to remember the man's been in the league double-digit years. He is an older guy. He has had quite a few injuries, you know. You can only jump 
and, and fall and tumble and do the things he did in his career for so long, and they start taking effect and a toll on the body. So I, I'm going to say it like this. I don't think he's completely healed, which they keep talking about, but he's mm-hmm. not going to play. So I think he picks and chooses when to go. And so there's a few games where I don't think from a mental standpoint he was really there when we've seen him having the turnovers, and he might have, you know, been there but not there physically where he can go, you know, that 90% or 85% that he was. And then I think on game seven the other night, it was more of a gut check. Like, look, we really need this game. My team really needs me. I really need to do something. I have to fight through the pain to help us get where we're trying to go. So I think it's a matter of, you know, time, you know, father time taking this effect, the injuries Mm -hmm. catching up, and, you know, just him, you know, finally saying, hey, it's either, either, you know, win or go home. Uh, Right. Well, I think, you know, that is a big part. And, D, it's a big part when you have a 7-2 in that middle, right, Oh, of course. You know, oh, so Hebert, yeah, playing center. Yeah. Who was talking? I'm sorry, Paul. Go ahead. I was saying with Hebert in the center, um, that you know, with him being there in the center was hard. And it's like, you know, getting back to you were saying how LeBron first quarter a lot of times he tries to let the other people, you know, get involved. And, and, and he has given them all their, you know, boss. A lot of times first quarter, boss is taking his jumpers. He's letting Thomas try and, like, Get settled. He's letting Dwayne Wade. And my thing is, from games two through six, when Boss, Wade, weren't doing nothing, like, we needed LeBron. I mean, sometimes I was sitting there screaming at the TV, like, LeBron, stop passing. You need to take this game over. Because he wasn't getting it from anyone else. I mean, a couple nights it was Haslam or Chalmers. And so, I mean, if Wade is kind of still feeling that ego thing where it's like, oh, I'm not getting enough touches, He's still shooting a lot. He's just not making it. So, I mean, with that aspect, he should be blaming LeBron for him missing wide-open jumpers. So, I'm really hoping that's not what's going on with him. And that well, we're going to do, we got to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the series that's coming up between the Heat and San Antonio. I want to hear what you guys got to say about that. And maybe we can double nothing glove with you on a steak dinner, you know. Maybe we go over, like, lobster. <laughs> or shark steak one night, lobster the other. <laughs> well, this is Jay Lovey and Eric Love and Paula. Be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
when it comes to youth and high school football. Listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and 10 Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving. We ask this phone every time the Miami Heat wins, so... Don't get it wrong. Don't believe love out there. All right, P. Don't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, guys, I want to talk about this San Antonio Spurs. And when we talk about this, after we get done with that, I kind of want to get y'all um, take on what you guys think about this from Marcus Russell coming back. And also, I want to talk about that, Alex. Um, it's Rodriguez, right? Right, right there. Right. The P. in baseball. Right, so let's start with the Heat and the Spurs. Um, a lot of people picking Miami in six, Miami in seven. You know, I just, you know, I see it's going to be a tough series, and it depends on how Tony Parker plays, and then when Ginobili come off the bench, if San Antonio can't beat them. Because I think San Antonio got a better bench than the Heat. I think that will be the going to be the big plus of this series. What do you guys think? Well, you know, ahead, I mean, you know, you know what I've been saying since the playoffs started, that I just don't believe there's a team that's going to beat Miami four times in a seven-game series. And the Spurs, I think um, they're representing the West. First, I want to say I think if Westbrook has been well, OKC would probably be there instead of the Spurs. So the Spurs are a good team. I'm not going to discredit Popovich or their record or, or the players that they have, but I just don't see them beating Miami four times. I think the tenacity that Miami has, seeing them, that grind that they can go through when they were doing that with 27, you know, the win streak. I just don't think LeBron, I think the best thing for Miami was LeBron losing to Dallas two years ago. Because once he lost that, that series and he had to deal with all that stuff in the offseason, this guy, if, if it's going to take him getting 50 points in a night, he's not letting them lose the series. And so I'm going to bet on LeBron and what he's bringing
but he's known to be missing in action sometimes. But the way he played in this last series, he's the best guard in the league, hands down. Popovich, hands down, might be the best coach in basketball right now. The man can X and O's like nobody else. So those are the two pluses. You can't count out Duncan. It's And you can't, like you know James was saying, you can't count Ginobili coming off the bench. Is he healthy? Is he not healthy? We don't know. But also, those are liabilities. You know, Ginobili coming off the bench shooting a shot, but he's also a liability on defense. You know, Tim Duncan is, is going to be solid in the middle, and, and he's going to get his own. But outside of those two or two and a half, because nobody's not really a three, he's a two. So outside of those two and a half, who else? I like Kawhi Leonard, but guess what? Kawhi may have to stick LeBron on defense. So that's going to take away from his offense. You know, so as far as looking at the intangibles, the plus goes to the coach. And then, you know, I think James said San Antonio got a better bench. I don't see it, but – if you just count Ginobili, okay, but what happens after Ginobili? So, you know, in a nutshell, make it all short. I think Miami, which I've always had, they play like they played in 3-5 and 7. It could be a lot shorter series than people think it is, but I'll, I'll say at least six. Miami wins. Well, well I was talking about San Antonio got the better benches. You have to look at it. As all these series going on, which bench have been playing better? If you look at Ray Allen and all that, yeah, they got the best bench players in Miami. But you know, yeah, look at San Antonio, bench been playing a lot better in the series than Miami. So you have to look at that when I mean the best bench. Which one is playing better now? You know, can um, Ray Allen now bring it on? And, and um, who comes off the bench? Is it Coles? Cole. We have Cole, uh, Birdman. Right. We have Birdman who comes off the bench. Right. Daddy A comes off the bench. Ray Allen. So I mean, I mean, I definitely give the bench aspect to Miami over the Spurs. And, and, and just because of players, right, Pete? Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, we're just the names were going off like Birdman coming in, Ray Allen, and put it this way: if Ray Allen can even look like he did this in the regular season, averaging 12 to 15 points. If we're getting that from him, it's going to be hard for them to beat because that's going to open that three-point shot up. They're going to have to, like, stick the people outside, and then you're going to have people – it's going to add for Miami. You know, Battier and Ray Allen last series, Ray Allen showed up the last game, but they struggled. I mean, Ray Allen was missing wide-open threes, and I don't see him – we're knowing how well of a shooter, how good of a shooter he is. I don't see that happening to him another series like in a row. Probably if he, if said he if, hits, right? Huh? You said if. Well, exactly, because we don't, you know, like I said, we don't know. So if, he's, if, if they're falling, you're in trouble. Pete. Can you what? hear me? Yeah, I hear you. If I hear six of the right notes, I won that $55 million Powerball. <laughs> Well, yeah. you knew I was going to get it right. <laughs> yeah, I left you can't, the right. You can't, you can't hit with this dude because this dude, yeah, he'll get. He'll, he'll. <laughs> James, James, he's yeah, a shooter. Yeah. He's he's a shooter. He's probably one of the best three point shooters ever. Okay, he, uh, you know, if he starts getting in rhythm and which he had a good game seven, you know, so I think one of the positives also we didn't talk about who's had the longer break. Yeah, Miami's going to be tired because they have to go seven, but they're also going to be more in rhythm. 
they're the ones that just played. You know, I'm you know expecting game one. To me, that's the game Miami needs to jump on. Not only are you at home, but the Spurs are coming off a 10-day rest period because, you know, after they, they're saying, like, second half, they'll probably – it'll start clicking for them. It'll be like they never rested. So Miami needs to come out on game one, like, trying to put it on them while they're, well, while they're playing rusty. Paul, Glove, you can you agree to this. I mean, shooters like Ray Allen and Battier with those three, they can, like, come take you out of a game. I think we talk about Glove. Remember J.R. from – um, the uh, New York. Yeah, no, no, no. He's one saying that like Ray, right, Glove? Oh, I totally agree. A, a, a jump shooter or a three-point shooter could either 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 keep you in the game or build that lead, or they could make you minus in the game. And that's part of the cockiness I, I was talking about earlier with Miami. Just like when they're down 10 points, to them that's no big deal because that's three shots. And you'll mm-hmm. see it. You'll see it sometime in their flow of the game. It's like instead of running their offense and, you know, getting in the flow, you know, they'll come down, be one on four, and they'll be the one, and they'll just throw up a, a three-pointer. And mm-hmm. only one other person is across the half-court line. The other three are jogging back like, oh, yeah, we know he's going to take the shot. Why am I going to run down there and, and exert energy that I don't have to because, oh, he'll make that. So that's the, that's the cocky I talk about. When when it's times like that, but hey, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to play a very good game because it should be tight, you know, and and they should be victorious if they do what they're supposed to do. If they don't, then the game's gonna be a lot closer than it should be. I mean, James, think of last season where the Spurs finished number one seed. They ended up getting to the Western Conference Finals, and OKC beat them. And, again, everyone was talking about, oh, the Spurs, they had such a great season, Tim Duncan, all this. And OKC, turned, you know, OKC lost the first two and then just put it on them. So my thing is people are being so confident about the Spurs, but they're forgetting Miami is a defending champion. Until they lose, they're still the champion. And I just think people are just not – just because they saw them struggle with the Pacers, I mean, like I said, the Spurs, it's the same players as they played that played last year. No one's different. And they got beat. So for people to sit and think, oh, the Spurs, they're not, you know, they're this or that. No, they can be beat. And they just showed that to us last year in the Western Conference Finals. Well, before I take a break, what do you guys think? Spurs or eight? How many games? Pete? How many games is it going to go? Yeah. I say six. Cool. Um, uh, you know what? I. I'll say I'm thinking more five, but I'll say six with you. Well, you know, you two got that little confidence now, and that's pretty good. <laughs> you know, I like that. You know, and y'all say we're gonna be a Heat fan, but I'm gonna go seven. It'll be that tough game seven, and we're gonna come down to what game, to what the bench gonna be the key. And if, hey, and I seen them last year. I think um, Miami was in what game seven was it or? And that bench just showed up. I mean, Batty Ada hit all his threes, and, you know, he had all the guys on there. So that's what I think it's going to be. It's going to be a bench game in game seven. Um, just one correction. We went six last year. Oh, okay, for the record. Yeah, okay, let's go to the record. <laughs> you know, but uh, the Bulls, when they went back-to-back-to-back to back to back with Michael, uh-huh. they never – but we ain't going to go there. Okay. <laughs> you know, but, Paul, Love did bring up Michael's name today, and he did say something good about Michael. Remember that, Glove? I thought we were going to break or something. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we're going to go to break. And when we go to break, I just want to say, 
Sometimes I dream that he is me, like Mike. I want to be like Mike. This is Jen. We'll be right back with that sports talk. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Sports Talk. Glove, glove. You glove? I'm here, love. I'm here. Oh, and Paula, Paula Heat. You there, Paula? Yep, he's here. <laughs> well, guys, I just want to talk a couple of minutes, on, and then we'll get to the Alex story and the Jamal. But I don't understand. I didn't get to hear it all today. I'm sorry I missed it. But how Carl Malone couldn't put Michael Jordan on his team when he's talking about, you know. I don't know. There's some other great players out there. Go out, we keep saying Russell. And, but how you not put him on? And how could somebody they won a championship? And say, I mean, even Charles Barkley, like, hey, I never won a championship, but I know great people that, you know, ahead of me, you know. So, can you guys explain that to me? So, wait, what did Carl Malone do? He didn't put Michael Jordan on his starting five, right? Glove or with team. Right. They had he, they had Carl Malone, what was the greatest team, and he had Bill Russell, Oscar Robinson, he had John Stockton as the point guard, he had Scottie Pippen, and he had another person, but he didn't put, like, Magic. So, of course, you know, he don't like Magic because of the age thing. Mm-hmm. He didn't put Michael Jordan on the team. He, you know, pretty much snubbed the guys that he didn't like. So Chris Mullins made the comment, like, he need to get over it 
because he's letting his emotions, you know, right. block what's mm-hmm. really true. Well, yeah, Chicago beating Utah those years in the finals, so <laughs> that's why he's that's why he's hating on Michael Jordan. How can you not list the top five and not put Michael Jordan in that list? And, and even Magic. I mean, you, know, you put a Stockton. I mean, Magic was a better assistant. You know what I'm saying? More yeah. Crazy. But Stockton was his teammate. Yeah, so he... I understand that. Uh uh-uh. uh. So, but you got to put Michael on there. And people, you know, like you say, well, people want to say different players or different thing, but you got to look at it like you. I think you say, well, where these guys, who you get involved, and that's what LeBron's doing now. That's what makes you so great. When you know you, they focus on you. You get other people involved. The score, we know. I remember when they used to say, "Hey, the coach say, let's start the game off forty-five to nothing." We know Michael going to score forty-five, right? But then the other coach said, "Why do that?" Because you got to add on another 60 if he dishes and get other people involved. And that's a great player, right, guys? You guys agree with that? Pete, oh, go ahead, Glenn. Oh, no, you're, no you're, you're totally right. For me, greatness lies in how good of a leader you are. And for years, that's what was wrong with Kobe. When you, when you think in terms of Kobe, Kobe never got anybody else involved until he wanted to, you know, get in his little emotional state and then he wouldn't play just to prove a point that what he was doing was right. But but when you look at a field general, a leader on the court, yes, you got you got to in terms look at Jordan, Magic, Bird, Isaiah, you know people like that. You could talk Jason Kidd, who's just retired. You no, know, you could talk about guys who got other players involved. You know, Kobe never did that, but Michael was great at it. You know, they were going to play, you know, in the championship in Utah. They were going to play for Michael and Stockton for B.J. Armstrong or somebody else would take a shot. You know, they were going to play for Magic or something, and Kareem or Michael Cooper or Worthy would take a shot. So that's what LeBron is doing, which puts him up in that category of the, the conversation. Is he great yet? No, he's not great yet, but he's going in that direction. If he continues to play, and it continues to get everybody involved like he's doing, then in a, a couple more years, we'll talk about him in that same breath when we talk about the great ones. Paula? <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree with uh, Glove, too, in terms of, of listing who's great and who's not. I mean, Pippen, I know, like, when we look back at Chicago, like, Jordan, you know, there were other pieces there, and he was good with, like Glove was saying, getting other people involved, other people stepping up. I mean, you can't do it on your own. And I don't know how Carl Malone would list Scottie Pippen, but not right. Michael Jordan. Well, we know Michael Jordan was the floor general. You know, he was the one who I'm sure was getting all over them in the locker room. Timeout. Well, you know, timeouts probably, you know, timing in and telling them where to go, what to do. So for him to just not even list Michael Jordan, that's just like a slap in the face. And I don't, I don't know what Carl Malone is smoking. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, so I wanted to throw that out. So I know Glove always talks, hear me talk about Michael, but what I'm saying is when you, you watch Michael play and you looked at it when they was triple and double, he got other people involved. That's how Lee Kerr got his shot. You know, BJ and, and Pippen became good because mm-hmm. Michael gave the ball up and got them involved. Now, Michael just kept shooting and shooting, and, hey, they probably won the one, you know, back to back to back to back to back. back. That's a lot of backs, but anyway. I like that back. It's like back of the neck bone. 
But Paula, here's what here's what's funny. He can go back to back to back to back. That's a three. But Russell go that what ten times straight, eleven times. What was Russell's back to back to back to back? He had a few backs, so it's always funny he throws that out there, just like everybody else. I have no issue with Michael. I think Michael's one of the greatest players to play. One of, not the greatest, but one not of the, the greatest. And and like we just said, what made him great was he couldn't have done it by himself because he was there, what, seven, eight years there, Mr. Lovin, before he won a championship. So when you're talking about great, Magic won his his first year. You follow me? So so when we're, we're having those conversations, you'll come up and say, well, look at the team Magic had. You know, he had Kareem and he had Worthy and he had Cooper and he had this and that, but that's not the conversation. We're talking about being on the court, being a general helping, you know, your teammates helping you get to where you're trying to go. And that's what made Jordan great. That's what made Magic great. We've already had this conversation. That's what made Isaiah great is who got involved with them. Well, yeah, uh, we, James. Um, <laughs> you know, Mike, great, but I ain't going to go there with Glow. Yeah. But, uh, hey, I want to talk about it's kind of funny how this baseball stuff keeps coming up with these yep. steroids and all like that. And, I mean, it's it's amazing that you know these guys like Alex again and again, and, and the Yankees want to get rid of them, trying not to have money. But don't these guys know? Look, uh, did we talk about this? If you do something, somebody got to tell on you. What mean you just talk about this the other day? Yes, yes. Isn't it crazy how these? What I'm saying, Glove, is these guys go and get these drugs. Don't think these people got to turn on Glove. Didn't we just talk about this, Eric? Yes, sir, we did it. But here's what's funny is baseball contracts are guaranteed. We've had this conversation. And here it is, Alex Rodriguez, not one time implemented, had that game suspension. Now he's hurt. Now they're talking again. But yet, they ain't talking about taking that money from him. So it's just funny how these guys continue to mess with these people with these laboratories and these mad scientists thinking that, the, you know, the, the secret is safe. And if you see what happened up in San Francisco with Balco, look at I wouldn't mm-hmm. even take an aspirin if I was a base if I was a baseball player, you couldn't give me an aspirin. Because all we know down the line, somebody say, Hey, we well, you know that aspirin, it was fifty percent aspirin and and fifty percent, you know, performance enhancements, you know. But he just you know, he he knew what was in it. So so why do they continue to do it like you just said? Because the outcome is what? A year later, two years later, we're talking about it again. And, and yeah, Paul, like, did, you, um, you, Giants got somebody that, that took them last year, and he was suspended, and he wanted to come back, but he didn't. Am I right? Yeah, you're talking about Melky Cabrera last year right. for the Giants. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, I mean, he actually was in the All-Star game, was the All-Star game MVP. You know, it was – and then right a little while after that, that's where it came out that he had tested positive, and he never did come back to the Giants. But, again, people were looking back at that like – Okay, should he, you know, my thing is like with Braun, right, who plays for the Brewers. He just won the the best player of the National League, what, two years ago. Right. And the same stuff was surfacing a little bit after that. He, his name had been tied to some stuff. Of course, he's standing there, oh, I've never taken anything, whatever. And my thing is with these baseball players, they need to somehow, and it comes up again with the Hall of Fame voting, should there be an asterisk? When, when some of them start getting in, the, the Barry Bonds, the McGuire, Sammy Sosa, when the ones who we know, okay, like tests have proven they've got the evidence that they took stuff, 
I'm, I'm, I'm the supporter of if, if they eventually get voted in, there does need to be an asterisk. Because I don't think it's fair that they can be known as one of the greatest ones against somebody who stayed clean and was never tied into that stuff. But, base, you know, baseball will see. We'll see. They, they keep giving out awards to these players, and it's like nothing's done. But, I mean, you guys, when you guys ask this question, I think, you know, Glove just said it. I mean, if you take an aspirin, that could be, you know, saying, hey, you took something, but these players, no. I mean, uh, look at Ray, um, Ray, uh, Ray Lewis, he's antler spray. Did he know that that stuff, you know, was in there, you know? It's a... It's a oh. Okay, so it's, I mean, it's a different thing if one time, right, like say there's someone whose name, one time they found something was in there, okay, and that's the only time and it was justified. He's trying to say, well, maybe I took cold medicine, maybe, you know, you hear about the track players too. Okay, one time you kind of maybe have to give them the benefit of the doubt, like you said. Maybe they took something and it's showing up. But there's some of these players, Rodriguez, now it's Melky Cabrera, Ron, whose names and tests, it's not just one test, it's like, test after test, years after years, they're being linked to this stuff. That's obviously not just an accident, but something that they're taking. Isn't this going down the same road, Glove, as Lance Armstrong? Keep popping up. That You know what I'm saying? Then now you say, Alex, man, how long have you been taking this stuff? Isn't this going down the same road? Yeah. yeah. No, no, you're right. Uh, both you guys, to a certain degree, I got to get on you for a second, quick baller. <laughs> you, you're right to a certain degree, but let me let me clear my boy's name. Okay. Barry Bonds, never, Barry Bonds was never convicted, never had a dirty test, any of those things. When years ago, when 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 Congress got in on subpoenaing those tests, they did it because they thought they were going to get Barry Bonds. So remember, it was supposed to be this big old thing coming out about baseball, and then they swept it under the rug because Barry Bonds wasn't on the test. Bonds have never tested positive for anything. Now, has his head gotten bigger? Yes. Has he gotten more muscular? Yes. But when it came to testing. They never found a dirty test on him. Now they're trying to get him to say he did it because other people have lied or other people have talked. Now, remember, the dude from Balco, he's still doing time. He hasn't said anything yet. So, right. until, so until something's said, until a dirty test, they got to keep Barry Bonds' name out of it. Now, yeah, Milky Cabrera the other year, and now, again, he's back in the media again. Rodriguez, again. So – so something has to be done because we keep repeating ourselves every two years. Is it is it an Armstrong thing? We don't know. Has he been taking it for ten years? We don't know. But the numbers sure are great. So they need to go back, and then what's going to happen? Are we erasing all the records? Should there be an asterisk? Guess what? Baseball is one of the most boring sports in the world, outside of golfing and bike riding. So if somebody got to take some juice. Just to get on base, I'm all for it. I, I can care less. Because guess what? They need to get some some, some PEDs or something in soccer, too. Because if I got to sit there another six hours and they don't get one goal, I'm going to shoot myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, but real quick, though. Okay, the ones who, like you said, have repeatedly been tested and shown that they've had stuff, Rodriguez, McGuire, Sosa. So you do you think we should ignore those those positive tests and let them in and let their record stay without saying, well, you know what, there, there is a little added thing here. No, if they, if they tested if they tested positive, no. Anybody that tests positive, no. I think all records from positive tests should be thrown out. I'm just saying, I don't care how, how much of a witch hunt we do. 
if we don't have no concrete evidence that you tested positive by a sample, a urine sample, or a blood sample, we could, we could, you know, we could call us killers all day long. But until we find a murder weapon and, and things like that, we're not a killer. So right. if there's positive tests, then yes, they should be penalized. Because guess what? We keep hearing these same names thrown out, and they keep getting busted. So evidently, they haven't learned their lesson. But you can't witch hunt somebody, and then all the information you did to them was found false. Because well, now you smeared, this, you smeared this man in the news. What's up? Did I hear you say, if they do take it, you all for it? No, I said I said I have no problem with them taking it if it's going to make them produce more runs and make the game more interesting because the game is boring. That's what that's, I said. That's not fair, though, Glove. You're not working on her talent. You're working on something else. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look at Sammy Sosa and Mark Wright when they hit the home run. Both of them was used up. What about the average guy that worked hard to go out there and bat? to get those homework. You know what I'm saying? Is that fair? Okay. If you go, okay. I go mean you're going to take the same test for the job, but you, um, you get the answers before me and you get 100 on me and get the job? Is that fair? James, James, look, Barry Bonds was a golden glove and a batting champ before all this came out. He was automatic Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he wasn't in glove, but he hit more home run further. That's what produced that, right? He hit, okay, okay, look it. Let's, let's, let's do our homework because because here it is, steroids don't make you hit the ball further. What, what, they, what they don't tell you about was Barry Bonds' training regimen. If you notice where the mound is, the pitcher to the plate is 107 feet. So people say, wow, why did he get the bat around so quick? Because he would put his plate to 90 feet or to 80 feet. So if you have a pitcher pitching at a distance of 100 feet, how fast is the ball coming? Now you scoot the pitcher's mound up another 10, 20 feet, and you're still hitting the ball, don't you think once he gets in the game, don't you think once he gets in the game, he's going to still be able to hit that pitcher, which his balls are going to be coming slower because he's back at that 100 feet. The, the one thing they don't tell you about Barry is his training regimen. Barry did everything opposite of how everybody else did. You're talking Sammy Sosa and Aguirre. Um, steroids do not make you hit the ball further. It don't. Steroids benefit pitchers and catchers because it's all about your joint and it's about your recovery time. If you can't get that bat around playing baseball, you can't get it around. Now, it will help you bat from elbow, shoulder, things like that getting sore, but it's not going to make you hit more home runs because so, what you're trying to say or what they're trying to say is you can get the sorriest player in baseball and put him on steroids and all of a sudden he's going to hit 60 home runs if he only hit one the year before. It's not going to happen. Paula? Well, I mean, well, it's just it's interesting, though, that, okay, so you're saying just them being off steroids isn't necessarily going to have them help them hit more home runs. <clears throat> but, okay, like Alex Rodriguez, I think a couple years ago, after he had come out during that spring training and said um, he had something with the, with the hip he had, and then he had taken some, but he tried to say it was only – for a brief period of time. But right after that, Alex's game kind of slumped down. And then the question is, you know, same thing with Melky. Last year when Melky was tearing up the league, Melky Cabrera, tearing up the league, he was up here, I mean, in San Francisco, just like just tearing things up. MVP of the All-Star game. Now, once it came out, he was on, he got suspended. He's not taking nothing. Once he comes back, his numbers are down. 
So I think people, we may not really know about baseball, but we do seem to think that there's a linkage to those who are taking it that it's going to help their numbers in terms of batting, home runs, and stuff. I agree with you, Speaker. Look at Manny Romero. Look at Sosa when he thought we got a little, he wasn't hitting up. Look at McGuire. I mean, look at, you're right, Pete. When they're not taking them more, their, their play goes down. You know what I'm saying? But, 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 you know, but look at it from this standpoint. Look at it from this standpoint. Where are you at in the lineup? Who's batting in front of you? Who's batting behind you? You know, those, those also are factors. See, all I can do is talk. I can talk about those guys, but I know for sure with Barry, it's like this. They stopped pitching to him. So the year that he broke the home run record, if they would have pitched to him in other years, if they would have pitched to him, he might have hit 100 home runs. So you're saying that's because of steroids? Yeah. Did those guys' production go down? Yeah, but also pitching changed. The lineup changed. You know, if, if there's nobody around you hitting, then they could pitch a certain way to you. So you got to look at all the factors here. Milky Cabrera was tearing it up. He switched teams. Who's on the team with him now? What's the guy in front of him doing? What are the guys behind him doing from a batting standpoint? Yeah, and then the whole mental aspect, they're going to it as well. I'm not saying steroids can't make you better. I'm just saying, love, if I put you out there on steroids in a year and trained you, you're going to say you're just going to automatically go out there and hit 60 home runs? <laughs> See? You know, but, okay, this is the thing, too, with this new thing that's come out. There's certain guys, I guess, the MLB is going to actually try and get have them suspended for 100, 100 games versus the 50. So I guess the ones who have either been, their names have been, I don't know how they're deciding who's going to get the 100 versus the 50, but I know Rodriguez and Braun are heading up that list. Major League Baseball is trying to get them suspended for 100 games. So it's, it's getting ready to be a fallout. And I think it's going to be a fallout with a lot of basketball, I mean, baseball players that been taking this. It says 20 others, you know. And it's going to be probably mm-hmm. some big-name people. But and like Love said, they might have took an aspirin to hit something in it, and then, hey, you've got the positive, right? Well, Look, those guys, and, and like I said, I don't mean to say it like that, but those guys, you're right. Those guys that are repeat offenders, they should get suspended for 100 games. Because they're knowingly breaking the law again. Anybody that's knowingly doing it and getting caught again, yes, they should get the highest of the high because it's illegal. You know, here it is. We keep hearing about Rodriguez being the greatest, but we also keep hearing about the negative side of it. We keep hearing about how great it was, how great these guys are, but yet we keep hearing about everything else they're doing to keep themselves great. And like I said, I'm not going to do the comparison. I'm not James. I'm not going to. Every time somebody throws a out, I'm not going to throw out Jordan. I'm not going to keep throwing out Bonds because I know how he was as a player and, and I know how all these guys was. You know, Ken Griffey was headed for a great career until he got injured. Your boy, uh, what was his name? Um, Sheffield. Because the limelight was Gary. off of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gary Sheffield. Once the limelight got off of him, what did he do? He started telling. Oh, I was at the house when, you know, Barry – and Ken Griffey Jr., we were all there. You know, we all took it. Really? Really, we all took it. Well, how come your numbers aren't great like their numbers are if all you guys took it? So, again, I think they should be penalized. If it's a second, if they're repeat offenders, penalize them to the utmost. Well, I think, too, it depends on, um, in just terms of the evidence that they have. Like with, with uh, Balco, I remember when, like, Marion Jones, when she got in trouble, 
one thing I remember that they looked at was that this guy, the main, the main guy with the drug stuff, he had calendars and calendars of, like, when, he, when she cycled on, when she took this, when she took that. And it was kind of like, okay, in her case, you can't, she couldn't just stand and say, oh, I accidentally took the wrong type of cold medicine or something. And same thing now with Rodriguez. They said this man that they have now going to, who's, like, going to be testifying, he has, pre- you know, evidence of, like, the cycles and when he gave it to Alex and when he did this or that. So I think, again, it's, it's, it's a difference between those who, like, you, you were saying gloves. There's a history of it. There's clear evidence versus the ones who maybe it's one time, it's a small percentage, you know, maybe it just turned up and it's like, okay, we think there's a little trace of this. But for those where there's evidence where they've got the calendars and when they gave it to you, when you were taking it, when somebody injected you and you did this or that, that's going to be hard to refuse. So basically, A-Rod, A-Rod, huh? basically what I'm getting from you and Glove is if you take it one time, go, okay, let's excuse that and look at it, hey, one time. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying a one-time taker, the, the evidence may not be there, may not be as strong. I'm just saying you took it one time, they happen to test your, your urine, and it comes back, okay, you have a trace of something. I'm saying that may not, that may be harder to, to prove. Because hey, sometimes P. they do say cold P. medicine P. and stuff can have wrong effects. Let me ask you a question, P. Do you think Barry Brown was taking steroids, P. and Gla? You go first, P. Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? You're, you're, I'm not even answering that question because if you don't get caught, let me let me talk about the other question. You're right. I, I'm not saying anybody takes steroids. I'm I'm not advocating steroids. No way, no shape, or form. All I'm saying is, if you take it one time and you get caught, you should be penalized. That's all I'm saying. Barry Bonds never got caught. Never gave a dirty test. So I'll let you come up with your own equation. Well, and you know what, well, I'm not going to argue about you know, it because I, 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 I do. I, I, I'm not going to say, you know what, because I, I agree with you one time. It's just not going to happen again on this show. But look, you're right. I could, break in, caught, I could break in 20 be. banks. I could break in 20 banks. If you don't right. catch me, am I a bank robber? Right. You're right. I, that's what I've already said. That's why I said I'm going to agree with you. And I hope they don't record this. But I agree with you. But, you know, if he didn't get caught, why they, they, they um, Fan things about everybody can say such and such did this and did that, you know. But if he ain't got caught, leave it alone. And I'm with you on that glove. Leave it alone, right? Yeah, it's it's it, it is what it is, brother. Hey, one quick thing. Hey, let's give our condolences to uh, Deacon Jones, man. That's what I wanted to do at the beginning. You know, the the old Hall of Fame player Deacon Jones died the other okay. day, and you know, at a, at an early age, you know, he'd been battling for years, and so. My condolences go out to, to the Jones family. Yep, and I give our condolences out. I know you hate talking about it, uh, but to you and your family, you know, you're passing of your mom. So. I, I, I knew your mom, you know, very good lady, man. Very, very good. <laughs> Thanks. I, I used to be there in uh, Domino, so you know about that. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> <It> sounds good. <laughs> But no, she's a very sweet lady, yeah. So, but guys, next week we'll be talking about um, that game one between the Spurs and the Heat and Glove. I hope Pete call, you know, because she's gonna hear it. She better hope. You, I got a, I got another number Glove, so you know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna blow her up. So I, I call even, even when my, when Miami, the day after Miami lost to Chicago, I called. The day after they lost to Indiana, I called. So you know I'm gonna call. <laughs> hey Pete, don't worry. Come next week, it's gonna be two nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jay Lovey. 
and Glove and P again for another great show. And tune in next week. You might be eating lobster, Glove on Pier 39 in San Francisco. Take a lobster, baby. Have a good one. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.